Hello and welcome into another episode of Lockdown Wolves. Today on the show, the Carl Anthony Towns season preview. We'll talk about what went wrong for Cat last year. Which areas will he improve in this year? Almost naturally, simply by being on the floor. But where's that biggest difference going to come from? And then also, how do we define success for Carl Anthony Towns in the 2023-2024 NBA season? It's all upcoming on the show. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Locked On Timberwolves. Your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Today's episode is brought to us by our friends at Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use the code LOCKDOWNNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and a big thank you for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, the show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Lockdown Wolves. You can also watch on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota app on both Roku and Amazon Fire TV, and you can follow on X, the artist formerly known as Twitter, at Beacon and at LockedOnTWolves. Don't forget the T. All right, today is the second to last installment in our player preview series. We're going to talk all things Carl Anthony Towns on today's show. We only have Anthony Edwards left to go. We'll likely do that one on Wednesday, uh, but we're going to talk Cat today. And what I want to do with that is start by talking about Cat's season last year. And obviously, this was the most challenging season of his career from an on-court perspective. Obviously, he, um, you know, the tragedies in his personal life uh, surrounding his mother's passing and all the, that that happened that COVID season. I'm strictly meaning on court. And in terms of injuries, it's the most number of games he's ever missed. And the numbers he turned in were also the worst of his career. In a lot of ways, hands down, and many of the efficiency numbers, his worst since his rookie season. And at the same time, there were a couple of areas I thought he pretty clearly improved in. And some of them are quantifiable, others less so, at least not necessarily by traditional statistics. So I want to break all that down, what I saw from him last year, and then we'll talk about the areas that we're most likely to see measurable improvement this year for Cat. And lastly, we'll get into how do we define success for Carl Anthony Towns this season? What 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 will happen, what might happen that will allow us to know that Carl Anthony Towns had a successful season um, in his, as crazy as this is, what is this going to be? His ninth season in the NBA? Ugh. Um, anyway. All right. So last year, everybody knows he only played in 29 regular season games. He had the calf injury. I think it was the day after Thanksgiving um, at Washington. Goes down with the calf injury. In the moment, it looks terrible like an Achilles. And then we find out it's a calf strain and think, oh, just a few weeks. And then it ends up being three plus months because it was a severe calf strain. And Kat talked a little, it was mysterious for a while in there because you were seeing Kat in the tunnel with a walking boot and then he was on the bench and then he wasn't in anybody's view. And there was kind of this push and pull of like, is the front office hiding something? Is, you know, and then Kat went on, I think it was a Twitch stream and talked about his injury and, and basically like the team's not letting on to how injured I am. So people think I'm, he didn't say these words, I'm completely paraphrasing, but basically saying, the team's not doing me any favors because everyone thinks that I'm just like, I'm babying this injury and all this stuff, but it was a really serious injury. And of course, with a calf injury, you worry about compensation injuries 
you know, of course, the Achilles or the other leg or whatever that might be. So obviously this was a serious injury. There's no question that Towns has played through a lot of injuries. And I know that he hasn't played a full like a true full season since 2018. But remember, this is a guy that didn't miss a single game in the first three years of his career. He only missed five games in the 18-19 season. And that was, um, I think a couple or three of those were right after he got into a car accident that was scary and he had concussion concerns. Then the COVID shortened season, of course. And then the year coming out of COVID, um, he was, and he had some knee issues that season. The year coming out of COVID, he was mostly healthy. And then same with 21-22, he missed eight games, but you know, was relatively healthy. And of course made the all-star team again because he was relatively healthy. Right. Um, so, and then of course last year, he only plays in the 29 games when he came back after injury. I thought he was fine. Like I didn't notice anything really, you know, obviously different from the way he was playing post injury as to what he had done, you know, before the injury. So post injury, um, my stats disappeared here, but post injury, he, like I said, like the numbers bear that out. It was effectively the same, right? He had a 22 and 14 game in there. He had, um, out of, what was it? What did he play post injury in the regular season? So I'm not including the playoffs, but in the regular season, he played eight games post injury and he scored 20 or more in all but two of them. So like, this was pretty typical cat got to the line a fair amount, shot threes at a high clip. Oh, there we go. There, there's, there's my numbers. So over those eight games, he averaged 21 points, eight rebounds, three and a half assists per game, shot threes at a 47% clip, 47% from the floor, 84% from the line. And like you look at his total season numbers, he was only 36.6% from the floor. That's only a shade above league average. Last year, league average was like 36.1% for three-point shooting. This was Cat's worst three-point percentage since his rookie season when only attempted 1.1 threes per game. 36.6%, nearly five full percentage points below what he had done the previous year, and um, three full percentage points below what is now his career average of 39.5%. But in those last eight games post-injury, he was 47% from three. In the playoffs last year, he struggled from three a little bit. He did not play well in the playoffs, and that's a little bit of a different conversation, I think. But he also, there were other things he did better in the playoffs. He got to the line more. He rebounded the ball better in the playoffs. I thought he was pretty good defensively, um, given all the factors against Nikola Jokic. So even though he didn't score the ball consistently in the playoffs, he did some other things well. Um, and remember, he had that dominant half against the Lakers in the playing game that they ultimately lost. So it was really a mixed bag for Cat last year, if we're being completely honest. But the areas in which he took a clear step back, three-point shooting, he was five points worse. Um, rebounding, again, for the second consecutive season, really third consecutive season, we saw the rebounding dip. You could look at per-game averages. You can look at rebound rate. Uh, I prefer to look at rebound rate. I think it tells a much better story. He went from 17% rebound rate, which, by the way, was still like... His first four seasons, he was always over 19% total rebound rate. Then he dipped to 16.8%, 17% in 2021, 15.7% in 21-22 when he was mostly healthy. This last year, just 13.8% total rebound rate. And it dipped pretty equally on both ends of the floor. Two points defensive rebound rate, it dipped, and two and a half points on the offensive side. The rebounding continues to fall. Now, last year, there were multiple factors. Playing with Rudy Gobert, Cat played the four. He was less less close. He was more frequently further from the rim than he had been previously because of the presence of Rudy Gobert and playing the four. But we still saw the rebounds. Like At this point, it's a trend that's a little bit worrying, in my opinion. We have to keep an eye on. Um, so the continuing 
the continuing backslide in terms of his rebounding would be another story. Um, I thought, so those, those were the things that were most alarming to me, um, were the, were the, the three point percentage dip and the, uh, the rebounding is, is the most concerning thing. I think the three point percentage bounces back. And again, 47% over the last eight games, of the regular season post injury. Um, so the rebounding thing is something we're going to have to keep an eye on. I thought he was actually better defensively last season in what was a very different role. And I want to get into some of those minutes or some of those metrics here in a minute related to, um, you know, proving that he was better defensively in general. I thought it was pretty clear too. I also thought he was better with the ball in his hands as a distributor. I thought he was smarter. He made better decisions. Yes, the turnover rate was a career worst last year. It was 15%, but the assist rate was also up four points. It was up, um, it was actually the third best assist rate he's ever had. And his usage rate was down a little bit. But with the raising, rising assist rate, you're going to naturally see the turnover rate come up a little bit. And so many of those turnovers can be attributed to the offensive fouls that he continues to struggle with. I thought in general, the passing was much better. Remember a couple of years ago, he was doing the underhanded like softball passes, firing them from the low post on one side to the opposite corner. And he was, you know, throwing no looks like, uh, you know, just... There was too much of the the stray voltage stuff, right? That that um, is kind of a term that's been thrown around to describe the way you know, and a lot of times related to Cat's relationship with the officials and the fouls, and that's where the offensive fouls come from is the stray voltage stuff, and then some of the crazy passes throwing it into the third row or whatever. There was a lot less of that last year. This is anecdotal, um, but it, it, there was like he he just was smarter with the ball in his hands. He seemed to try and play within himself a little bit more. I don't think he was any better when it came to complaining to referees. Um, Maybe there were moments where he was better, but as a whole, I don't think he was. So that's something that he he needs to continue to work on. Um, But in general, I thought the passing was better. The free throw rate was down quite a bit, and maybe that had to do with some, you know, he didn't get to the line much post-injury, so that's part of it. But it was his lowest free throw rate since his second season in the league, so lowest since before he was ever an all-star or an all-NBA player. That's a little concerning, but when he got there, he shot at 87%, which was easily a career high. Now, it was a smaller sample because he only played in 29 games, but 87% was over five points greater than the year before. He's only had one year he was below 81% from the free throw line. For his career now, he's 83.5%, which, assuming that, you know, may, if that's real, like if he's genuinely continuing to improve from the line, which is reasonable to to kind of assume at this point, as long as he bounces back a little bit in terms of drawing fouls and getting to the line, um, then then that that's a positive development for Cat. I want to talk a little bit more about um, good and bad from last year. Get into some of the metrics related to his defensive performance last year. Um, so we'll do all that here next. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends at BetterHelp. Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. If you ever feel like your brain is getting its own way or like you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't seem to do it, well, therapy can help you figure out what might be holding you back. You can work on yourself and work for yourself instead of against yourself. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills. It can help you learn how to set boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. Um, it's not just for those who've experienced major trauma. I mean, thinking back during you know the COVID season, um, like everybody, I'm speaking in generalities, but it seems like everybody had some sort, everything was different that year, right? 
And that was when I first started kind of focusing on my own mental health. I had never really done it before. And now I've realized how important therapy can be. And so if you're thinking of starting therapy, seriously consider giving BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You can also switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NBA to get 10% off your first month. A big thank you once again for making Lockdown Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, every day is we still have one more player left in the, uh, in the player preview series, and that is, of course, Anthony Edwards. So we're going to get to him here on Wednesday. Um, later this week, the Timberwolves play actually... They actually do play today. The preseason game is today against the, uh, I believe it's the Israeli team that they're playing today. So um, actually Wednesday, we'll do the postgame pod for tonight's preseason game on Tuesday. And then Thursday, we'll get to Ant's, um, Ant's player preview. And then the preseason schedule is almost over. I think they've just got the one more game after the, um, yeah, they play on Thursday. So Friday will also be a postgame pod. So that's the rest of the week. Mapped it out for you right there. Wednesday postgame pod from the Tuesday preseason game. Um, Thursday, we'll do the Anthony Edwards player preview. Friday, we'll do a postgame pod from Thursday night's game at Chicago. And that's the rest of this week. Next week, we'll gear you up for the regular season that starts middle of next week. So lots upcoming on the show. Uh, lots to be excited about here as we inch closer to actual real live pre regular season NBA Timberwolves basketball. All right. Let's continue the Carlton Towns preview here. I talked about his, I thought his passing improved. I thought his defense improved in a different role. Concerned a little bit about the rebounding that continues to, to trend downward. And by the way, this is a complete side note on the rebounding. In the Knicks game on Saturday, I actually thought Cat did not do a good job rebounding the ball. There were a couple boards that the other team, that the Knicks just got around him. Uh, Mitchell Robinson and Jericho Sims and guys that gave him trouble. Um, there were a couple that between Rudy and Cat, they were getting out rebounded. It's a continuous problem for the, team as a whole, but Cat's got to do a little bit better on the glass. That's my number one concern for him. Obviously, beyond health would be would be the rebounding stuff. I think the shooting numbers will bounce back. And by the way, I talked before just a few minutes ago about the free throw, um, the, the the free throw percentage. That's what helped his overall like efficiency numbers. The effective field goal percentage last year for Cat wasn't great. It was certainly down, but it wasn't awful. Like he's had a couple worse seasons than what he turned in last year from an effective field goal percentage uh, perspective. Also true shooting percentage was in line with what he did a couple of years ago. Again, down from last year, down from the year prior to last, I should say, because of the three point shooting problems and also not shooting it well in the paint comparatively. But in general, the effective field goal percentage and true shooting numbers weren't awful. Um, it just in, compared to what we're used to from Carl Anthony Towns, it was down a bit. Talking about his defense here just a little bit, um, no matter how you slice it, I thought he improved defensively last year in, in a different role. And that's, to me, the biggest concern with playing Cat and Rudy together is actually on the defensive end of the floor. It's funny because they were still a top 10 defense last year. But remember, Cat only played 29 regular season games. So they were, you know, what's what's that difference? 53 games where Rudy played without Cat for the most part. Um, and this team was really good defensively. So what do the cat really looks like minutes look like defensively moving forward? Offensively was a bigger issue last year, but like that's going to get figured out on a macro level. These guys are too talented offensively cat Ant, Mike Conley um, to not figure things out. I think defensively can the wolves do a good enough job utilizing cat 
to his strengths. And remember two seasons ago when the Wolves blitzed a ton in pick-and-roll coverage and they had Jared Vanderbilt and Patrick Beverly just like getting in guys' faces on the opposing offenses. Cat was pretty good at blitzing and pick-and-roll. He's never been good in drop. So I think we see more blitzing this year uh, when Rudy's off the floor. I actually think that's a better coverage for Nas Reed, too, because you take you can take advantage of his nimbleness, of his quickness as a big, and also his length when you're blitzing. Um, he's got a similar physical profile. He's a little bigger than Jared Vanderbilt, but um, he's more nimble as a big. He's got quicker feet, and yeah, he can block shots, but I think you use him as a Jared Vanderbilt defensively, and I'm, I don't think he's the defender of Vando. He's obviously not going to get. He's not going to defend in space like you can get away with with Jared Vanderbilt, depending on some matchups. But I think you can get away with Nas blitzing on the perimeter and Carlton Towns blitzing on the perimeter and playing drop with Rudy. The other thing the Wolves did a lot with Cat last year was kind of try and hide him on the lower usage guys on the opposing team, um, and and that you know. You can see that in the in the numbers from last season. Our friends over at B-Ball Index, bball-index.com do a fantastic job. I use their stats a lot. And there's a couple of different things over there that I thought were pretty interesting. His Cats uh, defensive position versatility last year, uh, which is an estimate of a player's defensive versatility based on the profile positions that they spent time guarding, last season was 71st percentile graded out as a B. The year prior... The 21-22 season, his defensive versatility was a 48th percentile or a C. His defensive role versatility, which is based on the profile of offensive roles they spent time guarding in partial possession data, was a D two years ago, 33rd percentile. Last season, it was a B plus 79th percentile. He did more different things defensively, and I actually think that helped him. Instead of just saying, hey, Kat, you're in a drop every time. We're going to have you try some different stuff. We're going to have you guard pick and rolls uh, out in space. We're going to have you switch. We're going to have you, um, you know, we're going to hide you in the corner on this lower usage guy. Like that sort of thing kind of worked last year uh, for Carl Thitty Towns. And in general, so like you look at the overall B-Ball Index number, his defensive impact, according to B-Ball Index last season, Carl Thitty Towns was a B plus. Two years ago, it was a C minus. Now, there's a lot of things that go into that. And, and of course, if you drill down into some of these other metrics, um, like for instance, ESPN's real plus minus, which is my favorite kind of all encompassing metric actually gave him an F last year, a minus two on the defensive end of the floor, 14th percentile, but all the other, for the most part, most of the other advanced metrics, the catch-alls, if you will, liked his defense. He got a B plus a 79th percentile in box plus minus, um, in Raptor, which is the which one's Raptor? LeBron, I think, is B-Ball Index. Raptor, I think, was at 538. I don't know that they're doing that stat anymore this year. He got a B-minus there, 66 percentile. The catch-all uh, that B-Ball Index runs, the LeBron metric, his defensive score there was 78th percentile, B-plus. So positive in all those other areas, even with, and remember, defensive rebounding is a big part of a lot of these catch-all metrics. Even with the defensive rebounding backslide for Carl Anthony Towns, these metrics like what he did defensively. And part of that is the versatility of role. Part of it is he, um, we saw the, st uh, the steal rate was actually down a little bit too, but it kind of maintained the block rate was down. Um, but because the Wolves as a whole performed better with him on the floor uh, defensively than they had in previous years, a lot of that's because of Rudy Gobert roaming the back line, right? But we've already talked about how Rudy had a bit of a down year himself too. So we have to give Cat a little bit of credit for not being just an absolute sieve defensively last year. Like, and and I, I know that sounds like a low bar, but that's his reputation, right? You listen to any of these national broadcasts and people talk about Cat's defense. Most of the advanced metrics would say he's been okay defensively for a lot of his career. 
in space, not great, in drop, not great, but he can hold his own in certain situations. And the Wolves did, I think, a pretty good job of trying to hide him at times when he was on the floor with Rudy, and I think we'll see more of that this year. But the story is that the defensive metrics have really improved for him um, it, it, just year over year, right? Like just 21-22 to 22-23. Uh, what was the big number I, I gave? He was a B-plus in defensive impact this year at B-Ball Index, a C-minus two years ago. And the other thing, well, we'll talk about the number one area he's got improved uh next and um, a couple more kind of predictions and what I think we'll see from Cat this year. And that's how we'll close the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to us by our friends over at GameTime, our title sponsors of today's show. If you have a habit of buying tickets too late for anything, whether that's sports, music, comedy, theater, etc., you shouldn't have to worry. Just go to GameTime. They'll get you straightened out with killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seats, and their best price guarantee. GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. They are the best place to get your tickets uh, for a number of reasons. And I have a terrible habit of buying tickets late. I do it all the time. If you happen to be in one of the cities where there's baseball postseason being played, um, unfortunately not in Minnesota anymore, but Game Time would be the place to get that. A lot of good tours right now. I'm going to go to a comedy show next week, and you know I'm going to use Game Time to get those tickets. Went to a concert the other day, same thing. Game Time is the place you have to go. It's the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. You can also see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All-in prices show you your total up front, so you know you're getting a great deal without hidden fees, and you can buy your tickets in just seconds with two taps. They also have zone deals, which is awesome. You can pick the section, and GameTime picks the seats for you for an average of 18% savings. The GameTime guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNBA. And that's spelled L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's close the show here today by talking a little bit of, uh, well, I guess the areas that Cat absolutely needs to improve in here at the end of or or going into next season. Let's talk about foul trouble. Um, I don't know that you need stat. I don't know that I need to give you stats to back this up. If you've watched any measure of Timberwolves basketball over the past half decade, you've seen Carl Anthony Townsend foul trouble constantly, but I'm going to go ahead and give you a stat anyway. Over at B-Ball Index, they track foul trouble percentage. I hadn't, if I had known about this last year, if I had seen this metric, I would have, we would have been talking about it more. I'm going to talk about it now. We're going to keep an eye on it this year as the year moves on. What this is, is exactly what it sounds like. The percentage of a player's minutes that they spend in foul trouble as defined by what traditionally would be considered foul trouble. Two to five fouls, in the first quarter, three to five fouls in the second quarter, four to five fouls in quarters three and four, and five fouls in overtime. Now, you start the game with zero fouls, right? So if you could just manage to not commit two fouls in your first stint in the game, that helps this number. Well, unfortunately for Cat, as we all know, last or two seasons ago, he was in the second percentile. Two, two, number two, second percentile. That's an F, in case you're wondering, in terms of uh, league-wide foul trouble. Last year, he was in the first percentile. Like, he was the worst. <laughs> like, I mean, and I'm pretty sure, actually, I meant to pull this up. Let me see if I can get it real quick. I'm pretty sure he finished, well, of course, because of the injury, like, raw number of fouls, he's not going to end up, um, you know, leading the league in, in, uh, in like, straight-up fouls. 
but I I bet the per 36 and the the per game and all that stuff is going to be ridiculously high. Um, let's see if I can pull the per 36 here really quick. Um, well, no, because he's not he's not going to qualify because he didn't play enough minutes. Uh, but anyway, Jaden McDaniels is pretty high, by the way, in that number. Um, if I take out the per 36, it's going to be too noisy, I bet. There's going to be too much stuff here. Yeah, but anyway, 4.2 fouls per 36, which I guess if you match that up to where guys finished, like if he played enough minutes, that would have put him in the top 25 or bottom 25, if you will, in terms of personal fouls per 36 minutes. But all that to say, I think that number probably goes up if he plays more. Um, first percentile for foul trouble percentage. He spent about 15% of his minutes in foul trouble, which it's tough to play that way. We talked about last year, early in the season, a lot about how he had the highest percentage of his fouls were offensive fouls of any player in the league. It was like more than 35%, like well over one out of every three of Carl Anthony Towns fouls were on the offensive end of the floor. That's been a bigger issue. Um, And now defensively, they're able, he's less involved in these actions playing the four so he should be able to stay out of That's another benefit, by the way, to having Rudy Gobert is you should be able to keep Cat out of foul trouble because he's guarding fives less. He's less involved in pick and roll actions. He's not going to be running through screeners all the time. We saw him pick up a foul like that against the Knicks. Um, I think it was Mitchell Robinson setting a screen and Cat got a foul for trying to like basically grab the screener and peek around both sides of him. And he, he got called for grabbing like um, those types of silly fouls. He can't have. And um the offensive fouls to be are the biggest issue. So that's number one, the the clearest area of improvement for Cat that he can control. There is a bit of the self-fulfilling prophecy uh, where he thinks he's going to get called for fouls and so he assumes every foul is a bad call and then refs do call him. I don't think he gets a very fair whistle, um, but that doesn't mean Cat can't control his reaction and the way that he plays. Like there is, he can control most of this, right? Um, so that's the biggest thing. I also think there will be some natural progression to the mean in terms of his three-point shooting. He's going to have a good shooting year, I believe. Rebounding would be the other area he's really got to commit to improving. Even if he's playing the four more often this year, he's going to play some minutes at the five with Nas at the four. He's got to rebound the basketball better this season, especially on the defensive end of the floor. That would be the other area that we've got to pay attention to for Carl Anthony Towns. In terms of how to define success for this season for Cat, I mean, this team's got to win. They, they've got to be in the upper 40s, like 48, 49 to 50 wins. And Cat has to rebound the ball better. He's got to shoot 40% from three. And he's going to be an all-star if that's the case. If this team's on a 50-win pace and Cat's putting up 20 and nine or 22 and nine and shooting 40% from three, you better believe he's an all-star again. And it's hard to not see that as a successful season. The NBA as a whole, and I could rant for a 30-minute show on this, Cat has a, his reputation is not fair. What's deserved? I think it's it's fair to to acknowledge that the Wolves have not won consistently with Cat as their best player, right? The first playoff season was Jimmy Butler. The last couple of seasons, you can be like, oh, well, Ant and all this other stuff, which Cat's got to get more credit, especially for two years ago, the, the season when they were the seventh seed and took Memphis to six games. Cat should have gotten more credit for that season than he did nationally. Um, I don't like the way that the national media looks at Carl Anthony Towns. I just don't. I think he's better than what people believe that he is especially nationally and um i think this team's got to win 50 games and if he's an all-star and is doing the you know the 22 points nine rebounds 40 percent for the field also assist rate going up we talked about that a little bit but like last season 22 percent assist rate going in the right direction and his assist per game going up again last year 4.8 was a career high in terms of assists per game um 
if he's putting up 22, nine and five and playing solid defense for a top 10 defensive team, maybe top six or seven defensive team, he's got to get some credit for that. Um, and I think, I think this team being a top five seed and winning 48, 49, 50 games and him being an all-star is a successful season. It's a topic for another day. We've talked about it a lot this off season, but is cat traded this year? If this team's struggling, he'll get traded at the deadline. I don't think there's any question. If this team's playing well, there's still a shot. He gets traded next summer. Um, so it's in everyone's best interest for him to have a really good season. And I think it's on the table for him to be very, very good this year. I think it's likely he'll have a strong bounce back season um, and be able to figure things out also with Rudy Gobert as well. All right. That's all we have for you today here on the show. Of course, the Wolves take on. Um, I'm going to have to look up the best, the correct way to pronounce the name of the team that they're playing. Uh, but a, a team from Israel, they're playing on Tuesday night. So Wednesday will be a post-game podcast regarding that game. Um, that same team is playing in Cleveland um, on Monday night, and I'm recording this before that game, so I can't speak to how that played out. But it'll be the second night of a back-to-back for this team. So the Wolves obviously will be expected to win. We'll break that all down on Wednesday's show. Thursday, we'll do the Anthony Edwards player preview, and Friday, we'll do the post-game pod from the Thursday night game that the Wolves have against uh, Chicago. Uh, they play the Bulls Thursday night. So that's the week ahead. A big thank you to those that do make Locked on Wolves your first listen every day. Of course, this show is free and available everywhere, including YouTube, as well as all of your favorite audio platforms, wherever you like to listen to podcasts, you can find Locked on Wolves. You can also follow on Twitter, the artist formerly known as X, at B Beacon. That's two Bs, two Es, C-K-E-N, and also at Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. Of course, the Locked On Wolves podcast is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Remember, the Locked On Network is your local experts on all the biggest stories. Once again, I'm Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible T-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.